Greetings, this is William Evans, and you're listening to Shifting Gears. This is our second conversation with Casey Pescura, founder of Seed Peace and Wild Mountain Seeds. Welcome again, Casey. Good to have you back. Great to be back, Will. So at age seven, you became responsible for your own garden plot. Yeah, correct. Yeah, with uh, mainly starting off with 4-H. And growing things comes easy for you, and you're able to understand what plants are telling you. Uh, You have a gift with plants. You know, ever since I really started out, it just gave me so much joy. It became easy to to dive deeper and and understand more. Um, Wow, what a blessing to to find joy in what you're doing for your life. Yeah, I think um I think there's a bit of that missing today's uh day where people can really be in touch with uh the things that give them sustenance. Yes. So you develop a real relationship with a seed and a plant and they actually rely on you to start them at the appropriate time in the growing season and nourish them with water, and you rely on them for your sustenance. And that relationship builds, you keep them and they keep you. You know, I think that's been um, one of the, you know, magical things of agriculture. When you look back at like, uh, you know, plants evolving with people uh, from their wild states, how much one another relies on 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 each other you know for example for me with a tomato i've been working on for 10 years and you get it out of the it's dormancy you got thousands of these little babies living in a a bag and and um and you start that and it comes screaming out just as you are as excited as you are for it to do that and um and almost honoring your efforts in, in uh, cultivating it and um, almost giving its attention to others and enjoying the food. And, and that's uh, it's just a magical uh, thing. Um, seeds are really the basis of agriculture. And um, when you take a seed from, from seed to seed, over many years, they almost become like your children, um, or maybe you are the children of them. <laughs> yeah. Say a little bit more about what 4-H was like for you, because a lot of the the kids who grew up here on farms and ranches were in 4-H in, in this valley. Yeah, my um, it gave me an experience of um, getting in touch with uh, what it meant to grow grow things, both animals and plants. Within uh, the 4-H we were in, we had, uh, you know, part of that was growing your own plot, and then they encourage you to enter vegetables into the county fair, and so you kind of got a sense of community when there was a, a fair, and you could see all the different varieties of plants that people were growing and different sizes, and enter in these friendly competitions and uh it just got me excited there's so many colors and i feel like it's just great a great um way of getting 
kids in touch with um, with what what goes on to create our food. Well, and it it gave you an opportunity to grow up with a real developed ethic of head, heart, hands, and health. You know, that's an authentic identity and an authentic version of health. It's it's pretty clean compared to all the hype we see about health nowadays. Sure, yeah. It's funny, I've forgotten about the 4-H's until you mention it, but <laughs> I actually went to a 4-H camp. It's a big um, deal in my area. In sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a big deal here, but, you know, there's a lot of glitter that now competes with it. Sure. And so you entered vegetables in the county fair, and you did pretty well. You've got some ribbons still. <laughs> yeah, my mom still has the ribbons from my my blue ribbons from when I was, you know, um, a toddler, really, 10 years old or something. Um, so, yeah, I I loved it. I, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool if you get to work in something you really love. Yeah. And at Virginia Tech, you had a professor, uh, Dr. McKenna, who was aware of the big picture and the balance and flow of nutrients and whether they ended up in dead zones in Chesapeake Bay or not. Yeah, so, you know, during my college uh, career studying agriculture, Dr. McKenna was probably had the most profound uh, impact, and um, he kind of could see what where we were headed, you know, to see how we were uh, extracting soil and nutrients from the Midwest and transferring that into feedlots in Virginia that was ending up in the Chesapeake Bay. He was just kind of, uh, he taught a a few classes, but one was called World Crops, and he started to just lay out the picture of, of ultimately what was the predicament in agriculture, and I think that's what really inspired me when I got back, you know, really uh, starting a farm and getting into agriculture full-time, that I wanted to do it organically, regeneratively, and and, um, and really practice a way of, of farming with that doesn't place the heavy hand of man on nature. Well, and he imparted to you, as I understand it, a, a real sensitivity to balance and nutrient flow. Yeah, and um, and had some other interesting just um, outlooks on the world where his uh, he was really concerned about what was happening in China and their ad- adaptation of uh, modern um, American uh, chemical agriculture and could see see the you know the effects happening there and um, you know I think there wasn't as many uh, people sounding the alarm at that point and he t- he saw the train wreck coming he could see it and amongst others i think at that time that were um, starting to see that this was a this was a problem and you were also influenced i assume to some degree by the the rodale institute and their mission to improve human health and the environment and enable farms and farmers to transition to organic agricultural practices and improve health. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Rodale was um, kind of an early pioneer 
of um, holding space for this new transition. There's, you know, since then, uh, a lot of others that are taking on taking on this uh, this mission, which I think is as um, as important as any to uh, creating or returning to the balance that allows for human flourishing. Um, you assume most people saved seeds, but in fact learned very few farmers save the seeds they grow on their farm. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that farming, it can be a constant balance of an, an endless chore list. And um, I think people learn to do what they're what they're good at, and so where you know farmers um, maybe in yesteryear used to keep a good amount of their seed because it wasn't as readily available, or um, they um, they just had a certain type of thing they wanted to keep. Now most people rely on others to keep their seeds, and um, so you know it's. Um, Seed is something that I encourage people to try, but it's definitely like something of a craft. There's a craft to it. There's a correct and better way to do it. And understanding those uh, nuances is what makes for great seed. So uh, that basics is needed to to be effective. And the other thing, you you see yourself as a, an environment maker. And you tell that to the young young people who work with you. Yeah, I think that's ultimately um, what farmers are. Is um, you know we want to enhance environments to uh, maximize photosynthesis, and um, that's kind of the simplest way of explaining it in a first principles kind of uh, mindset. And so, you know, it's like. Where's that plant from? Understanding that, how can we create a, an environment similar to where it's from? What are some changes we can do? Uh, whether that be watering, whether that be in um, different cultivation practices, how can we simplify those to enhance the those plants' abilities to grow? And um, it, it ultimately, uh, the better their environment, and their ability to grow in whatever environment that is through genetics equates to the higher quality of, of production and their ability to sequester carbon whilst um, growing their life cycle. And despite your best intentions, you're, you're also aware that sometimes you create imbalances. And you learn from those and, and talk a little bit about that because um, that requires a state of being and a certain uh, presence to uh, recognize something didn't work and and uh, try and restore balance. Yeah, so, you know, we have a saying on our farm where we say there's there's no problems. There's If you break down the word, it's uh, pro-blem or good blemishes. So um, we also say there's no mistakes in gardening, just compost. So, <laughs> you know, we, uh, if you're, you have to be 
seeking of truth because in a lot of ways plants don't lie um, especially when you're practicing organic agriculture so you know we we learn every year that what we're doing it you know what we think might be uh, really what's creating a better environment um, may have not been and um, if we're constantly seeking truth trying to continue learning from as many people that we can running trials every year and um and then also realizing that sometimes it's uh that's part of it everything just doesn't grow great then we get better every every season at understanding and i think it's our interest as an organization and as a community to to understand better and uh, make that information widely known. And that's what creates a resilient uh, agriculture. And a greater trajectory toward balance. Absolutely, because, um, you know, there's sometimes, like, let's say a, uh, a disease was to uh, prop, pop up in the greenhouse why that disease exists might be that the greenhouse is uh, just not ventilated properly. So just like you and I, if, um, if we were like overheated and a little bit cold at night and I gave you a virus, you might be more susceptible um, than if, um, if you were kept cool, not overheated and, and well-fed. So although we may see, okay, like this, set of tomatoes is getting disease like well one thing is the environment so how can i make the environment better but we can also see well wow these plants as they're dying of this succumbing to this disease there was actually one or two that survived and um, they have genes of that are adapted to um to this environment so we can both build balance and seeing the plants that are um, more adept at, at dealing with it while also building balance in, in the environment that we're creating. And that happens across the farm in all different ways because farming has always been a, um, a compromise between uh, the give and take, you might think of it, a, of nature. So it's not just, oh, we're planting, it's automatically good. We have to actually look at the whole of the system and, and uh, how we interact with nature. You're listening to Katie and Kay in a conversation with Casey Piscura about his work with seeds. You're sensitive to balance and imbalance, and that's multidimensional. What what happens when you go into the garden and you're angry? Uh, that's um, we hope that it it will bring you peace, <laughs> and. Um, I don't think that going into the garden angry ever uh, helped anything. I mean, maybe it's it's interesting. Like um, the more the garden becomes the teacher, and uh, or the farm, and the best teacher is when it's your responsibility, full responsibility, and um, it can reflect in imbalances in um, yourself. But at the same time, it can heal and show you 
the path of which is we keep on the word balance keeps coming coming up but also regenerative um and i think that when done well um gardening can both build balance and regenerate both humans and human health as much as that you do soils and and these uh natural systems health and and bugs can be a indicator of an imbalance right yeah so insects um in particular are kind of interesting um both insects and diseases are are on the earth um to um help start the decomposition process and um so what we find is insects and and disease are are indicators of imbalance and there's a a root of that um, imbalance and we're trying to better understand that so um i think when done correctly plants can live with complete immunity to both insects and diseases Uh, we can't always accomplish that but that's that's ultimately the goal is to understand and and then utilize then then insects aren't aren't negative they're indicators of uh, to help us they're the teachers to help us learn how to to uh, to do our job better and they're also you know they they're the, the environment's always seeking balance so if you create an imbalance and that creates insects then there's you know predatory um, insects that are going to bloom to to help balance the system and oftentimes we just have to be patient and observant um, and 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 seeking truth and, and education that helps us basically build better balance and that's what makes a farm be able to create uh, healthy food over a long period of time yeah I had a a mentor who said to me, we will continue to look for disease to treat until we realize some of our disease is our ignorance of how to evoke and maintain a healthy balance. Absolutely. (laughs) And what doesn't work, as you say, the insects decompose the world and turn on the recycling process. Yeah, when we see it that way, then we're not we don't see them in a negative light, and and that has everything. That energy where you don't see um, good or bad, you th- see things as they are. That will re- resonate in your ability to care for the garden more, and and your your positivity then seems to be uh, reverberated back from the garden and. Uh, it's a challenge to keep that as humans, but uh, that's the goal, I think. Well, as Klaus, our, our elder gardener in the valley, mm-hmm. says, uh, you have to dance with life the way it is. <laughs> I find moving and speaking with respect helps me maintain my personal balance. Abs- absolutely. I mean, I think in... In today's um, world of social media and, and, and um, constant bombardment with ideas and um, 
choices of, of opinion, we, we tend to um, pick one side or the other rather than seeing it us all as one whole. And, you know, with when you see the whole, then you don't see, you see things as they are, not as, and then that gives, with compassion comes balance, I think. And um, Yeah, and the degree to which I... Uh, I don't get attached to an extreme gives me more spaciousness to grow the respect for myself and extend it to you and to the plants. Absolutely. And also just to, um, to take the other side of any things that you think are complete truth. Cause you won't, we're always going to be learning and looking, you know? Uh, but if we don't honor, yin and yang you might think of it in that way then um then our balance is is going to become off there's also for me more space to understand something how understand how something came to be the way it is and um how it might grow better absolutely yeah so what happens when plants are just neglected what which way do they usually go that's an interesting question. Let's see. Um, good question. It can go, you know, like you think about nature. Nature is just there. <laughs> One of yeah. the things you've said to me and that I was kind of thinking of with that question is there'd be a tendency to revert to wildness, their original nature. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, you know, where I'm talking about like um, – all the plants, from what we can find out, uh, they all came from here. They can be traced back to wild relatives and processes of cultures, bringing them and domesticating them in the agriculture. Um, they evolved in ways to uh, be resilient, to um, populate uh, in certain ways, um, keep from being inbred, being bitter to certain predators to make sure they can survive the year. And within seed growing, we uh, we kind of have to keep them from reverting back to their wild um, relative states where we want to keep them in their uh, useful human um, ways of growing. We like the flavor, maybe. <laughs> That's how it all, all began. You said something to me yesterday that with peace in humanity comes clarity of understanding and a more mature response to plants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that when you don't see things so much as, as um, good or evil, then you can really see the whole and then respond accordingly, um, I think in a more efficient manner. And belief systems are the foundation of change. <laughs> That's another another good one. <laughs> we had a great conversation leading up to this, Will. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Because um, the more we believe in the wholeness, of things that 
balance is that the nature is seeking balance and that we're part of both sides of any thing there's no you know good and evil are then then we're able to receive the the positive change that we want but in the opposite if we see in my perspective a vast separation between us all <laughs> and vast differences then then we can't um, see the balance and, and we don't get balance because we're we don't see us all as one we see us all as in competition think what it would be like if we all believed in health and that was that was a vision we had that we wanted to pass to our children we wanted to enjoy for ourselves and celebrate in the plants that grow in our garden yeah and the more people get get their experiences on uh, on the land hands in the dirt um, being part of the understanding um, their relationship with nature the more that we seek um, health and we understand where it comes from and one of our goals in organic regenerative agriculture then is to leave the soil better than before and use natural systems to enhance health and photosynthesis yeah that's basically you know it's a biomimicry and um, the farmer is the you know, when I think Elliot Coleman said this best in a quote, he said, um, a system is not perfected, not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing more to take away. And um, I think when you're in harmony and you look at some agriculture and uh, that was really well done in the past, that's exactly how it, it goes. It's um, It wants to grow for you and um, you want to grow it and it, it gives you both uh, happiness in the garden and health on the plate and 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 the plants are are your uh, family thank you casey thanks thanks will thanks for having me you've been listening to shifting gears in a conversation with casey pascura this is katie and thank you for listening mm-hmm.